0: you're listening to luxury insider a podcast that highlights the hottest trends and innovations in the world of luxury hosted by invent lux hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode now sit back relax and enjoy the show
1: so joining me for today today for podcast is carrie vannegan who is the executive director of fashion impact fund so welcome to the podcast carrie Uh, Can you give us um, a little introduction to yourself and your organisation?
0: Hi there, thank you so much for having me. As you mentioned, I'm the Executive Director of the Fashion Impact Fund. And in short, the Fashion Impact Fund is all about supporting women entrepreneurs that are transforming fashion for people and planet. We look at this through an educational initiative lens, where we want to see the initiatives that are out there that are accelerating the fashion industry's transition to a place that can evolve to be an equitable, inclusive and regenerative fashion ecosystem. We have three pillars that we look at, such as knowledge, media and skills. And we want to ensure that we are supporting and providing resources to women-led programs that are transitioning the fashion industry to be a better sector all around.
1: Right. Thank you so much, Carrie. Um, I can see a lot of similarities between... um, Invent Lux and Fashion Impact Fund. So, Invent Lux um, is a management consultancy company uh, focusing on apparel, fashion, and luxury uh, sector. We help a diverse range of clients uh, within the sector to finance their um, innovation and boost profits. So, innovation and sustainability are all we care about. Right. Uh, So, today we'll be diving into many interesting topics, such as um, the struggles of female entrepreneurs in the fashion industry. Um, fashion sustain- sustainability and greenwashing, um, and fashion businesses in the post-COVID time. Right, so already have so many in the plates. Shall we get started? Yes. Okay, um, so apparently you have been in the industry for quite a long time and uh, you have been actively advocating for social goods, uh, for accelerating the industry uh, transition, and I'm pretty sure you have uh, met so many great people and inspiring stories. Uh, So just want to get to know more um, on that part. So what are the common uh, struggles you have seen um, for women entrepreneurs uh, in this uh, fashion industry?
0: Yeah, so with the fashion industry and I'm sure it goes across many other sectors as I see myself and I've been on this journey for 15 years is you see similarities in female entrepreneurs, the lack of amplification that is out there for their work and their stories, and then also the money, whether it's from venture capitalists, whether it's grants, whether it's scholarships, there is a lack in access to support in media marketing and money. And I think that that continues to happen and the fashion industry is not immune to this. And what we are seeing though, is especially in after the pandemic, And as we sit where we are now, we saw that women were really leaned on as well as failed um, in the pandemic. And now when we're looking at rebuilding and what does that look like and how can we do better? We have to ensure that female entrepreneurs that are absolutely leading, there are solution strategies and systems in place ready to go to make the industry better, but we have to ensure that females, um, especially female entrepreneurs, have a seat at the table. And there's a couple of statistics that I just want to share that kind of really sit with me. And when we were devising what we wanted to do and who we needed to support more, these were three steps that really sat. With us and the Global Media Monitoring Project report from 2020 to 2021 shared that only 25% of the persons heard, read about, or seen in newspaper, television, and radio news are women, and Mm -hmm. additionally, that only 35% of activist news sources in the media are women. And to me, that is just shocking because I don't know about you, but when you think about those that have got so much change that they could bring about in the fashion industry, you immediately are drawn to so many women leaders. And yet there's that struggle for them to be referenced and credited in media. And media plays a huge part in the narrative here for businesses, for finance and for citizens to learn about the work that women are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very insightful. Um, I picked up several points uh, you mentioned. Uh, the lack of uh, funding is totally the issue for women uh, entrepreneurs across all the industries. And um, as you mentioned, uh, statistically uh, we still don't have enough women entrepreneurs and. Uh, it's just so difficult. You have to pave uh, your own path in the male dominated world and um, I'm sure that's where uh, fashion impact funds. Um, uh, have such an important role uh, in, in this matter. Um, I'm sure it's very important for women entrepre- entrepreneurs to have the confidence to seek for the right network and don't be afraid to ask for help. And yeah, uh, so. Uh, for those um, for those challenges you mentioned, our struggles uh, for women, entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, What would be the practical um, solutions, or how can they overcome uh, those challenges as individuals, do you think?
0: I think actually it's not based on the individual. I think we're sitting in a very broken system. And what we need to do is call on industry leaders, governments, and so forth that can ensure that there is more access to resources for women entrepreneurs in the space. They yeah. need to be able to invite it to showcase their work. If it's capital that they need, they should be having a seat at that table and being able to find out more about how they can pitch, how they can share, how they can open their work and deck for investment or when there's grants going on what does that look like and so there's so much on this and as an individual what you are finding is that women entrepreneurs end up getting money from family and friends or they even put it on their own credit card or they use their own savings or if they're at the beginning of their journey they are working um, a paid gig by day and then trying to grow their business idea at night and so the reality is sustainability is not just about providing sustainable services and solutions for the world to be better and the sector to be get better we have to be able to actually sustain ourselves and that yeah. includes finances to look after our well-being and to you know Be okay and to pay the bills and not be working into the extreme hours of the night. We're in this society that you get rewarded for burning out. And we see women entrepreneurs doing that so much. And so, yes, individuals can network and reach out and connect with people, but we actually need to see society and the system do better by women entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, Sorry, just, just one second yeah I, I totally agree what you what you just said it's not only uh, up to the individuals to take actions it's all uh, we also need um those important figures and for uh, government and everyone to play their part to to fix this broken system um the the reason i mentioned an individual cuz i th- i thought there might be some mental barriers as well um as in uh, it's it's often the case women entrepreneurs has to uh, define the social expectations because even it's two thousand twenty two right we still live in a society uh, when women are stereotyped as the ones who are meant to stay at home and give their all attention and um, effort to family and to house chores. And it's it's often looked down upon for them uh, when they try to seek for their dreams or establish um, the the uh, businesses.
0: It's an interesting point you bring up there and about the mentoring. And I think we're in a space of heavy mentoring is available, but there's a lack of money, media and marketing available. And they're the yeah. things that are needed to get these business ideas off the ground and sustained and into growth.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Right, um, so shall we move on to the next topic, uh, yeah. sustainability? Uh, so as we all know, fashion is quite, uh, fashion industry is quite polluted, and it's one of the uh, most polluted industry uh, in, in the whole world. Um, And there are many uh, environmental problems caused by the uh, textile or fabric uh, manufacturing process such as air pollution, uh, water pollution um, and just we have so many unwanted or secondhand clothes that being dumped to the landfill on a daily basis. So there are many problems need to be solved, Uh, but I feel like in recent years um, sustainability has been brought up a lot. It's like every every brand is talking about this. Uh, I'm pretty sure some of them are really doing impressive work, but in the meantime, some businesses, they just altered their marketing language uh, to to meet the expectations. Yeah, for some reasons, like the new generation, they care more about social justice and the planet. So to make sure those consumers will buy their products, they just talk smartly, but actually they're not being um, sustainable, which is what we call greenwashing. Uh, so, just want to ask how can we identify that? Is there any criteria uh, for us to determine whether a brand is being sustainable or they are just greenwashing the um, customers?
0: Great question. You have a lot of good points there where um, you talk about the marketing communications doing very smart words placed, but is the action and the work actually there behind the scenes? And, you know, just to emphasize what you were saying there about the fashion industry, it is responsible for vast negative environmental impacts, but we also can't ignore the negative social exploitation. Exploitation as well. And, you know, the fashion industry causes so much damage from climate change to exploited labor, gender inequality, poverty, textile waste, water pollution. Unfortunately, the list just goes on and on. And when you're talking about greenwashing, it's, you know, As citizens or brands like to dub us customers, is they are all this talk around being purposeful brands and what does this look like? And, you know, to note if a brand is sustainable, let's take a step back and that it is not a a brand criteria it's not a marketing term as it has become it's actually a value and a principle And what we need to look at And it's very hard for a citizen to be responsible for this by themselves when there's so much lack of education and truth and knowledge out there about these brands and so you know this goes from fabrics and packaging to workplace environments to fair pay and labor rights there's so much to be considered when you want to look at a criteria of a brand being sustainable and as you (laughs) mentioned there are some brands that are doing fantastic work that they are implementing sustainability as a value and principle in the dna of their brands but when you actually look this is a lot of small independent brands that can understand their supply chain and that's not to take away there actually are a few larger that are doing good with this but Mm. we've also got to look at it like this responsible production is a very ironic situation for the fashion industry as this is a sector relying on perpetual purchasing and consumption so you have to be aware that brands that are producing high volumes cannot ever be holistically responsible and this is something that has to be considered and also you know, when there's the the once a year, the conscious collections that are released or look at the collaborations with an influencer. And there's a lot of this. And I think it's so confusing. And so there is not yet this one blanketed criteria. And I think we sit in this extremely gray area right now, very murky, very complex, and yet so vague uh, on purpose so that people can get away with so much regarding being a part of this sustainability conversation. And and it's confusing on purpose, too. Uh, you know, and, and it's a lot for citizens and consumers to take on board. And I do think that this is where we're starting to see a lot of the role of legislation and policy and laws coming into play.
1: Yep, yep that's right um i think on top of that traceability is the foundation like you can you can claim whatever you are doing but if you don't provide traceable details uh if if you don't let the cons- uh, the the uh, consumers to know what's going on behind the curtain you can't really claim yourself to be sustainable uh i think that's my takeaway <laughs> yeah. right um so you mentioned um So is there any new uh, sustainable technology or regulation that excites you Uh, follow up on the question? Yeah, so there's a a few items
0: there. So when you talk about technologies and I want to look at this um, from a design perspective and there's a designer based in London um, and Yango Mapinga, and she has been designing in 3D and this was to look at how to combat waste of samples and then there's also um, inclusive sizing that comes into that and one of your other guests here Jenny Holloway who is really um, pushing the needle on the manufacturing side of technology with Cornet is looking at how you can print and what does this look like and how can we start evolving to looking at on demand and coming away from the waste of chemicals and samples I mean the list goes on where Mm -hmm. I'm extremely excited away from technology is um, regulations and legislation and there's quite a few going on at the moment There's the Fashion Act in New York City. There's the EU Strategy for Sustainable and Circular Textiles. Then also there's the UK Green Claims Code. And actually the equivalent to that in the US is being led by Hilary Jockmans of Politically in Fashion, where she's pushing for the US to update the Green Guide since it's been since 2012. And so Mm -hmm. when you look at all of this happening right now, to me, as someone that's been in this space for quite some time, it's incredible to now see this. That policy and legislation is starting to have a proper seat at the table and that these are major conversations that are happening now. But what we're going to have to ensure is as these legislations are coming into play, that they are equally accounting for environmental, social and economic impact. That They're looking at the whole value chain of what is going on here of the fashion system. And I think what's going to be even more exciting as as we start to see these legislations happening re- Regionally, What can we do to ensure that fashion that's extremely global can have blanketed regulations? Because we'll find very quickly that fashion brands will just move to the region where they can get through loopholes.
1: Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. Um, but overall, I think it's very good to see that consumers started to wake up and really put pressure on the on the uh, value chain and the in time uh, in the meantime, as you mentioned, uh, the movement is taking place in different um, brands or countries and yeah, everyone is doing their part to make this world much better. Um, and I'm very um, I'm very interested into. Um, the the contact you mentioned uh maybe that's one of friends uh who's doing this 3d uh innovation on garments yeah it it would be great if we can uh make a connection and have yes, a have a discussion absolutely. with her as well.
0: I would love that
1: absolutely that that's great that's great right um I noticed we are a little bit short on time. Uh, but I think there's a lot of takeaway uh, for me to digest because I personally learned a lot uh, from our conversation, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, did you have a great time? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's that's awesome. Uh, right, so I think on that note, uh, we'll have to wrap up the conversation and uh yeah wonderful (laughs) so to all our listeners today uh thank you for tuning in um i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please subscribe and uh, turn on your notifications so we don't miss any episode right thank you so much carrie let's continue this this conversation offline and uh, i hope you stay well Uh, let's keep in touch and see you next time take care thank you bye bye bye
0: Thank you for watching Luxury Insider. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Like, comment, and share it with someone who'd find value in it too. Head on over to our website at www.inventlux.com to learn more, and we'll see you on the next episode.